0: 10.05 on the clock. What does Trump's battle with COVID and the lack of further stimulus in the U.S. mean for the stock market? Asian stocks look set for gains today on renewed optimism that U.S. lawmakers could still reach a piecemeal agreement on fiscal stimulus. But there is a positive COVID test to still think about in terms of impact on markets. Also, you may have heard Singapore's first money market ETF. The Philips SGD money market ETF debuted on the SGX. What is a money market ETF? And PERPS, or perpetual bond issuances, have been recorded to fall to a six-year low in Singapore. What are the risks of investing in PERPS? And the CSOP Asset Management is widely expected to be the world's largest China government bond ETF. What do you need to know about this as an investor? We turn for the answers now to Swapnil Mishra. He's Head of Private Wealth at Crystal.ai. Good Thursday morning. How you been, Swapnil? I haven't talked to you in a while.
1: I know. I've been well. Thank you so much. And, and yeah, nice to be here again. It's yeah. uh, been a break for some time. Yes, it has been too long. All
0: right. What have you been uh, monitoring in terms of markets' reaction to fears around Trump's health, following, you know, so many mixed messages about what the state of his health really is?
1: <laughs> yeah, it has been... Uh, in fact, it reminded me of one of those stories. I don't know if you've read the Aesop fables, the story of the fox and the sick lion. <laughs> I can remember that one. Remind me how that goes. <laughs> no, it's basically a lion who's pretending to be sick and the fox gets suspicious and says, you know what, I can only see footsteps, you know, footprints going in, but not coming out of the cave. And uh, ultimately, the whole thing is around being suspicious and not being able to uh, trust what you see. And I think... Part of the problem that we are facing today with the information coming out, whether it's the illness, or whether it is the stimulus plan, whether the negotiation is going to happen or is not going to happen, or they're going to meet halfway, it's all so confusing and um, very difficult to read whether it is, you know, true. What are the uh, the motivations behind that? And and mind you, we are in the, you know, we are this is like literally the last round of a of a boxing match. So (laughs) they're going to throw in everything that they have um in terms of the political motivations behind these uh, actions of yeah. uh, which have a direct impact on the economy so so you know a
0: lot of people are are caught off balance not sure what to make do you think markets have brushed aside the um the positive covid diagnosis since
1: i think they have i think there is of course it's it's trading in a tight band so i, I would say uh, that the the term i would use is more like a holding pattern so the markets are just holding on and waiting for uh, events to unfold. Uh, I, I think the fact that eventually the election may get decided by the Supreme Court, which means the uncertainty may drag on for uh, you know a, a prolonged period, is, uh, is has not been factored in. So the market is right now just assuming that uh, you know let's let's see what is happening and not. Uh, anticipating any particular direction because we haven't seen any move. If you see, you know, S&P, Nasdaq, they're all trading in a very tight uh, band, even with the news coming in of the illness. Yes.
0: Do you think the more important question is whether or not there's going to be a U.S. stimulus, uh, a further round of stimulus, and that markets are going to care more about when and if that happens?
1: I mean, I think it's, it's a must-have. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, the degree to which it will happen. So uh, they will eventually have to negotiate this. And uh, 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 in terms of supporting the economy, I think even from a Fed's point of view, uh, there should be consensus that they do want uh, the stimulus to be there in some shape and form. I I don't think they can take the risk of uh, completely destabilizing the economy.
0: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. All right, let's turn to what's happening here in Singapore. The Philip SGD Money Market ETF made its debut on the SGX with an initial AUM of 100 million Singapore dollars. It's the first Singapore domiciled money market exchange traded fund. Uh, the ETF aims to offer fund managers and brokerage firms an additional liquidity management tool meant to improve yield of clients' cash deposits. So market observers had mixed views on what it brings to the table for retail investors. First up, if we take a step back, what is an SGD money market ETF?
1: I think in a very simple way, it's it's something which is investing in uh so as, as a retail investor, your option to invest is only in, in, a, in let's say, in a fixed deposit or leave it in a savings account. Uh, this ETF will invest in short-term money market securities. Uh, this can be as short as you know three months, one month, and also in deposits of uh, institutions. So they are doing it. They are effectively depositing money at an institutional level for short-term uh, and giving access to that uh, uh, you know, institution through the ETF structure because they are pooling it all together. So... Clearly, the uh, if you just put it in a fixed deposit in a bank, you will get maybe 10 basis points. But if you put it through an ETF, then they'll be able to extract a little bit more uh, because they have access to a lot of institutions and money market securities. So that's what they are, they're pooling together, all of that, converting it into an ETF structure and then allowing people to buy in smaller sizes. So how would it generate returns? Uh, they will generate returns from the interest that they earn on these deposits and money market securities. And those interests are then pulled together and uh, they will be part of the uh, ETF uh, NAV.
0: And how do we expect Singapore dollar savings deposits to fluctuate in times of economic uncertainty?
1: Here there are two problems. Uh, Fundamentally, we are in a low interest rate environment. Mm. So uh, an ETF like this is not going to suddenly give you uh, a pickup, which is like, you know, you're not going to get 1% or 1.5% on an instrument like this because... There is no uh, no instrument today which is giving you that kind of interest rate. Um, so, and the in in some cases the cost of execution is also there. So when you're running an ETF, there is an element of uh, the, the, the uh, expense ratio, and that also eats into the returns. So it is difficult to treat this as something which is going to help you generate higher than market returns, but it can be used as something which is a liquidity management instrument. So, if let's say you have a plan to invest in the equity market, uh, let's say in some ETF over the next uh, 12 months in tranches, you can pass the money in something like this because it's a liquid instrument. You can sell it at any point of time instead of just leaving it in a, you know, in a cash account. So it's, it's a liquidity management instrument and less of a return generating instrument.
0: So the other money market ETFs, correct? Yes. What would be the benefits or costs of investing in these sorts of ETFs?
1: It's to park liquidity, I would say. It's mm. not really, it, it's, it's solving the need of parking liquidity, not really for a uh, benefit for, from a return point of view.
0: All right, got that. Let's switch uh, gears now and find out more about PERPs. So the pandemic has crimped the growth outlook for many Singapore firms. Shares of PERPs in bond issues, or perpetual bond issues, have fallen to a six year low as a percentage of the total bond issuances in the Singapore market. In fact, if you look over the last 10 years, PERP issuance have comprised about 16% of the total bond issuances in Singapore. Help us
1: understand what PERPs are. Yeah. So I guess we can start by saying that the you know, perpetual is basically it's it's to raise capital for the organization, for the company that is raising it. So whether it's a bank or it's a REIT or it's any other company. And when does a company raise capital? It's when they are actually borrowing from a bank to expand their businesses. So, so I, I can simplify this for you. If I am looking to buy a house and I need to borrow money from the bank, I need to put my equity capital when I go to the bank to borrow money. Now, in this case, corporates are not really increasing their borrowings. So because these companies are not increasing borrowings, they have no reason to go and raise fresh capital through the issuance of perpetuals. So that's, that's reason number one why there is no expansion and hence there is no need to raise uh, fresh uh, capital uh, in terms of uh, you know, issuances. The second reason why the, uh, this is not happening is because these spreads are very high. So interest rates are high. Now this can be a bit confusing because we are all saying that interest rate environment is low so why is it that we are saying that for perpetual issuances, the rate is actually high? And that's because of the risk premium. So when a perpetual raises uh, or, or issues a new paper, mm. they do it on the basis of the risk-free rate plus a risk premium. And in the last three months, that risk premium has has, has become very high. It has widened a lot. And so it is so expensive that it is prohibitive for a company to raise money at that point of time. And that's what we saw in the last, I would say, four months. All right.
0: So when we read that there's been a fall in perps in the SG market, what do we take from
1: that? I think we see that companies are not expanding and they are waiting for interest rate spreads to at least become more reasonable. And that will only return when the outlook for the economy is improving. And which is why I think in this recent weeks we are seeing a, you know uh, like you know some of the players are coming back and that's a good sign because that means the outlook is positive. There is expansion happening uh, there's more borrowing that they're going to do, and they're going to come out with more issuance. And spreads have also kind of come back to at least, you know, uh, slightly better levels.
0: All right. Help us understand uh, what REITs are doing with PERPS. Earlier this month, Ascendus REIT, which is currently yielding 4 plus to 5%, sold 300 million green subordinated perpetual securities at an initial distribution rate of 3%. The eventual takeout was split eighty percent high net worth uh eighty percent institutions and high net worth individuals at twenty percent. So this um being seen as a, a marker of strong demand for the issuance. So what do we make about REIT perp payouts? Are they like REIT payouts
1: more certain? Uh see so in terms of number, of course they are they are fixed because they have a fixed coupon. Mm. So uh, the fixed coupon is the certainty that the investor gets when they invest in a perp uh, issued by a REIT uh, what they don't get uh, and, and at the same time the extension is that because the coupon is fixed the volatility of the you know the price of the perp is going to be less bumpy than a uh, underlying REIT itself. Now what is the investor giving up in return for this? Uh, one, they're giving up the upside because in a dividend, if the dividend increases, you get the higher dividend. But in case of a uh, perp coupon, your coupon is fixed, it doesn't change. The second is that if the REIT value goes up, so in, in a three-year period, let's say the asset prices go up and the price to book improves and the value of the REIT goes up. Mm-hmm. In case of a perp, that upside is not there because it is, it's, a, it's, like it's, it's, a, it's behaving like a bond in that case. So you're getting a fixed coupon. You have a par value. It will not go from 100 to 120, but a REIT can go from 100 to 120. So investors are giving up that upside on the dividend and they're giving up the upside on the price in return for fixing the coupon and in return for, I, I would say, not perceived stability, but some stability. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the stability is, is, uh, it's, it's better than a stock, but not, uh, not very high. All
0: right. Switching gears again. We are speaking with Swapnil Mishra. He is head of private wealth at Crystal AI, joining us in Money and Me, the show where we look at personal finance and all things to do with investment. Hong Kong's CSOP asset management is aiming to capitalize on a huge surge of foreign investment into China despite U.S.-China tensions with the launch of a Chinese government bond exchange-traded fund. FTSE Russell is due to announce next week whether or not to include China in its influential World Government Bond Index. So, help us understand the ETF CSOP and its move into China's government bonds. What does this mean for investors?
1: Uh, In the current environment where everyone is searching for yield, and uh, the, the avenues are limited. Uh, I think inclusion or access for investors to something like this, it's uh, it's interesting because it adds an element of you know one more uh, choice. In terms of the Chinese bond market itself, it has grown. Uh, in, in fact, in 20 years, it has now overtaken Japan as the second largest in the world. The challenge has been its inclusion in the you know the world group uh, government bond index and its acceptance almost as an alternative to U.S. Treasuries. And that's something which is partly a case of perception, partly a case of being included in some of these things, uh, some of these indices, and the availability of ETFs. And hence, the availability of an ETF which helps you access the Chinese uh, government bond risk is uh, is interesting because now, if you're looking at uh, safety assets, U.S. Treasury is not the only alternative. One can say, okay, let me put you know 20% uh, in, in the Chinese government bond. And and access uh, that for the uh, for the income and uh, uh, the sovereign risk.
0: Okay, so in the context of Chinese U.S. tensions, um, how how can investors look at this particular ETF as part of their portfolio? Is it a you know? Something that people say that you know, um China Tech is is a must-have. It's a whole new category of its own that you have to have in your your portfolio. What do you make of this uh, ETF in the midst of all these tensions? How are they likely to impact this ETF?
1: I think for anybody who believes that China Tech is almost is is like a new asset class, mm. and I must say that I personally believe in that, mm. and. Uh, I think this complements that thinking process mm. that uh, Chinese equity or uh, companies which have a, a more emerging market presence, but are based in, in our, our Chinese companies. And similarly, for the sovereign risk, am I willing to take China sovereign risk or China government bond risk uh, for fixed income? I think uh, it is making its presence felt. And that's always a good start, because now there is opportunity for See, with with opening and with access to foreign investors into these securities also kind of brings a a, trans, a, a sense of transparency and as the transparency increases demand increases uh, it, it's a good thing because uh, people investors are getting more choices and they are not only dependent on the us treasury and, and and choice is always good for investors. That's how I would see it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a good place to end things. Before we let you go, Swapnil, what is on your investor playlist? <laughs>
1: <laughs> a song that reflects the times. I think right now I would go with the, again, one of the classics, the diastrates, uh, Sultans of Swing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, the way things are swinging, with, with the, with, at least with the two opponents <laughs> we have, in the U.S. elections, it's of uh, swing is what I would listen to right now. I need to
0: check that one out. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us. He's Swapnil Mishra, head of Private Wealth at Crystal AI, joining me in Money & Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg